Welcome to another episode of the Powerless to Powerful Recovery podcast. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic and addict. As always, our mission is to share experience, strength, and hope across multiple media platforms. The story of addiction and the road to recovery. We're not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step based organizations or groups in any way. This is part two of my amazing interview with my dear friend, Ian Day. Welcome, Ian Day, back to the show. Hi, guys. He's here. He's still here. And so, you know, when we look about part one, we think about part one and we think about everything that we've been through. It's all about pain, man. It's that gift of pain and desperation. And now we're going to get into the miracle of your story. We're going to get into the part where the pain just became so great that you were willing to do something else. But we're not quite there yet. So where we left off at part one, we left off. You're in county jail. You got multiple cases. You've been there for a year and they give you the ability to. Um, get into the alpha program. And for any of the county jail frequent flyers like myself, everybody knows what the alpha program is like. But for the ones who don't, let's pick up there and let's talk about what it was like when you got sentenced to the alpha program. It's a six month program, four, four month program. So share a little bit with all of our listeners about the alpha program and we'll pick back up there with your story. All right. Ian Day here, alcoholic. Um, so the alpha program, this is going to be a real twist, okay? So the Alpha program's great. We get to move over to a completely different um, house. We go to D1 and, and we go into the pod and we get to the opportunity to, during the day, we leave the pod, we go over to a different um, little area that's a, a facility that they made um, within the Durango jail there. And we get to meet with therapists and people that come in and volunteer their time to be able to give a, a rehab experience to the inmates there. And we start to get to learn what it's like to have um, a deep look at emotions and feelings and how to put a resume together and uh, what that's going to look like for myself. And and before I went into this program, I got to experience for the first time being a part of any um, any programs within the jail period. So I got housing towers the last time and, and I got to do the now program and then jumped into the alpha program and we're doing this rehab program, man. And, and we get through the first half, right. And everything's great. And I loved it. I, I didn't have any problem with being able to successfully complete things through my life. Um, accomplishing things weren't new for me. Uh, for a lot of people in the program, though, I noticed it's the first thing that they might ever accomplish in their whole life. Like this certificate might be the very first accomplishment that this person that's sitting next to me in this cell might be able to like, um, like be proud of. Right. You know, uh, they, not a lot of people got the opportunity to play sports and do this and do that and the trophies and the medals and the, the, um, MVP awards and the, this and the, that and the banquets, like not everybody has that experience. I, I was blessed with that experience to where this little piece of paper wasn't that big to me, but it was at the same time I was, I was for the first time distanced and separated from alcohol for a long period of time. And, and it says in the book, it talks about that. Um, what it looks like for an alcoholic that complete abstinence is the only answer at, at a certain point in their life. And, and I finally found that complete abstinence and, and the being able to take a breath without that irritable discontent feeling and, uh, and not being restless and getting good sleep. And I, and I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I, for the first time in my life, the obsession of alcohol had been lifted right now. I wish I could tell you that everything went very perfectly <laughs> and that 
then I finished the other second half of the, the uh, rehab in there. Um, some, for some reason, gosh, man, and, and, and just acceptance rings in my head at this point, right? So two months into the program, we move into the second half, a new class moves into the first half. And uh, some of the old guys in there were complaining about the young guys staying up too late and they took it the wrong way and they opened a pre-investigation. Mm. And so they take that stuff pretty seriously, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, they, take like, it pretty yeah, they took it the yeah, wrong way, but yeah. they, but the prison God rape works. elimination. Act. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so none of that was happening, yeah. but the, they took it that way and they got in and they got their hands into everything. And, and for some reason, for the first time in my life, I had to accept that I wasn't going to get that early release. I wasn't going because they took the problem out. They locked all the rest of us down. And we thought that, okay, they took the people out that they wanted to take out. They were going to let us up and we we're going to continue our programming and we were good. All the suits come in the front door of this pod. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And yeah. they bring us all out of our cells. And they're like, this is an unsafe environment for you guys to continue programming in. We're sending you all back to the tents and your program's canceled. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, live it, bro. You live already, it. You already calculated your release hot, day. Yeah. Hot. I was about to do nine months instead of 12. I knew when I was getting out. And I was so excited about when I was getting out. My family was all excited. My uh, my son was born while I was in there. So I had um, my son, Ryder, too, that I was going to see when I got out. And, and, uh, and now, also, you have to remember this, right? My track record's not very good with my family and my baby's mom. So, like, they thought that I, I was lying to them. Oh, yeah. They thought that I did everything. Uh-huh. Um, and it's cool now because I was in, like, the, there were people in the Alpha program with me that are a part of my recovery outside That's here cool. today. So, like, uh, I that shared that experience and what that felt like. Yeah. And that was the first time I had, I, I had to accept things for what they were. Did I do a good job of it? No. <laughs> I got back to the tent's yard and I went straight to the hole. Yeah. Cause I wasn't going to be out there, man. Yeah. Like I'm no, I'm not working for this. I'm not doing yeah, this. I'm not doing that. And they were like, well, you can go to, to towers then. Oh, so you went to the towers hole. Absolutely. Yeah. We were on the so third, we were that, on the third bunk up top, uh, up top, top. I always oh, bottom bunk out of the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so man, I'm sitting in towers and, and so I get to be, you know, I, they put me on this PNW thing, which is permanent, no work. And, uh, if I wanted to go back to the tents at any time and, and my, my sentencing, then, uh, I had to do the chain gang. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, needless to say, I, I, I tried to, I, I tried to hold out on it, but it got to the point where like, you know, 30, 40, 50 days into being 23 hours lockdown. And yeah, Yeah, county jail hole ain't no joke. No, you don't get to order food. Mm. You don't get to. So it's like, uh, you know, I I was like, okay, cool. So you did the chain game? Yeah, let's roll. Right. But I'm a sports dude. Like, it's not hard for me to march in cadence and work as a team and have. So they uh, chain you up to two other people and you do yard work all day, but right. like heavy yard, like yeah. on the side of the road. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, ain't no joke. Um, what was that movie life or something? Yeah. How they used to take the inmates out and make them work yeah. in the field. Like that was what we were doing. Um, it was nice to get out. It was nice to go on a bus. It was nice to do the cadence thing. It was nice to show that I was able 
to do these things. There were 12 rules. You had to recite 12 rules every single morning and you had to memorize them. You had to make your bed. You had to shine your boots. You had to um, make sure that your cell was clean. You had to make sure that at the end of the program, you were willing to go and do. And so it was great. It was awesome. It was really good discipline for a lot of people. Um, And uh, got to experience that, man. But uh, long story short, the the most amazing part about the experience of being in there for that year was seeing God work when I came out, right? Uh, I I hadn't met my son yet. Nobody knew I got extradited to Pinal County because of my cases over there. Nobody knew when I was getting out. And I randomly call my parents and I'm like, hey, I'm over in Pinal. I thought I was going to have to sit down over there for at least 30 days. I yeah. had all my stuff. I was good. I'd been in jail for a year. I'm, yeah, another 30 I'm days. I'm just going to go up in yeah. this pod. I'm <laughs> going to kick back. Like, yeah. there's no detox this time. There's no, you know. Yeah, ain't no big deal. No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> and, uh, and so I call my mom and she's like, okay, we're going to come get you. And for some reason that day, my, my son's mom had taken my son to the daycare they used to use when she lived with my parents and my parents had to pick him up because she couldn't manage to get back on time. And so my parents had my son, I'd never met my son. So they bring my son with them to go pick me up from County jail. Oh, that day. Yeah. And it was just so beautiful. Man. Yeah, like yeah. I, I had never seen God work in such a mysterious and beneficial way in my life. And at that time, I didn't necessarily chalk it up to, to God blessing me with the opportunity to meet my son. And here he is foreshadowing, right? Like, yeah. So um, it was amazing, man. And I wish I could tell you that I looked, because at that day, I looked my son in the eyes and I said, your dad will never be in this situation ever again. I said, I'm never going to use or drink ever again. And I'm never going back to that place that I just spent distance from you for that amount of time ever again. And I was serious. I'm, I meant it. Like I told my son and my daughter, I said, this will never happen again. And I will never drink again. And I will never use drugs ever again. And I did use drugs. I drank. I made a firm resolution. Yeah, firm resolution not to do it again. But it's repeated over and over unless we can experience that psychic change through right. God. And I hadn't. And you hadn't done it yet. I hadn't. I hadn't accomplished that. But it's crazy when we look back over just our history and our stories and we could see how God had a hand in every single thing, you know. But until we have that awareness and we've experienced God working in our lives for, you know, we have that evidence, we've collected that data, we've seen the outcomes, then we can look back as we go through our steps and we go through, um, you know, experiences going forward in life. We see that God's been there the whole time. But you had that firm resolution not to do it again, you know, and so now you're on probation and you get out and, you know, you got the kids and, you know, we do recovery because we're sick of feeling the way we, the way that we feel. We do it for ourselves. It's the only way that it works. But the kids and the wives and the moms and the dads, they become the motivating factors that help us get our feet moving a little bit quicker every day. Um, But it takes a man. We have to go through so much and, you know, God have more in store for you. You know, he needed to remind you of a couple things. And so ultimately, you know, you get out, you relapse, you violate probation. Mm-hmm. How much time do you got to go do at that point? 30 days. So you go back and you do 30 days mm-hmm. and you get out. And where do you land after 30 days? TLC. Oh, shout out TLC. Um, you went to that fancy place. Man, it was so awesome, man. <laughs> so it what was so TLC great. like? Uh, horrible. <laughs> um, it, was, it, was, it was such a humbling experience. 
my clients are so damn spoiled. I, I want to take them to TLC to see what other treatment centers look like because they are so spoiled. Yeah, I take people all the time. They need to be reminded of that. <laughs> they do, you know? And so you land in yeah. TLC. Why don't you just share a little bit about what TLC was all about? I mean, what'd you think when you pulled up there? Um, I'm not at the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't be going here right now. Where's the pool at? Yeah, no pool. No. Uh, dirt, lot yards courtyards and uh i was back in jail man um i just wasn't in jail right it's like a low uh, two yard yeah it was crazy <laughs> man it was uh I, you know you come in and they take everything from you to put it in this hot box and you're like what is a well for bed bugs and i'm like bed bugs there you yeah, don't you know who you're talking yeah. to like i don't have bed bugs give me my stuff yeah. we have to do it so and then you shower, they make you shower, and then it stinks, and you go to this intake room, and it's hot, and and, uh, and man, I just never experienced, other than jail, being in a place that I, w I felt so low. And I was like, well, if I'm, if I'm ever going to not have to come back here, I'm going to need to do this correctly. And uh, I had a sponsor from previous times of trying to get sober. I reconnected with my sponsor, and he was like, listen, man, he's like do you want to have a, a better life? He was like, look, I'm sitting right here in front of you. I've been through the same stuff that you've been through. He's like, just do what I did. Yeah. And this, and this sponsor guy tells me, he said, you have to be honest in everything that you do moving forward and you'll make some progress. And so they come at me like after that conversation with this intake sheet. Right. And like, they're like, to what lengths are you willing to go to stay sober? And I'm like, for the first time I say any, and I'm finally mean it, man. And I settle in a little bit. And you, and you truly meant that because that, that intake that day, when they asked you that question is your sobriety date, right? 627 of 2018. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you just celebrated four years, brother. I did, That's it's, huge. I never wanted to be sober though. Like that was the, that was the fun part of this, right? Yeah. Is that like, I'm on probation. They're like, you have to go here. You have to go here. You have to go here. Right. And I'm, I'm, I, in my mind, it wasn't, I wanted to be sober. It was, I wanted to, I wanted to get off probation. I wanted to be something for my family. I wanted to be able to be a benefit to them and, and what this looks like now after multiple conversations with sponsor dude, right? Things started to change. I said that I, I was willing to go to any lengths to stay sober, right? Honest, like, because sober means better. Yes. Right. I've learned that much by now. Mm -hmm. And so I get to start working with this dude and I get to start to experience, um, what it's like to be in this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and, uh, what it's like reading these pages and, and, um, gosh, man, he just lit me up in every, like I went, I went to Dairy Queen when I met him, I went to Dairy Queen with some chick <laughs> and her sponsor had a husband and that husband became my sponsor. Oh, that's how you met him. That's how I met him. <laughs> and, uh, and God is funny, huh? And, uh -huh. and he changed my life, man. Uh, the willingness to be able to work with another alcoholic. And, and I saw that and I saw, you know, the house and how good he was to people and um, the recovery that shined off of him. And we got to work, man. And, and I got to learn what it was like to read this outlined program in this book 
and go to meetings and get a service commitment. Like I think my first service commitment was for a men's meeting in Mesa. And I, all I did, I didn't even ask them if I could have it. You just started doing it. I just started making coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I just started going back there and making coffee and I started showing up every week and like these men showed up for me. Uh, they got to see me go from walking to the meeting to riding a bicycle to the meeting to finally getting a breathalyzer in my car and driving to the meeting. And it was all a direct result of that psychic change that we were talking about earlier as and, and work in this program. Like I, I must obtain a spiritual experience as a result of these steps. And that's, and, and, but it, it's talks about in that spiritual experience at the very end of what it, the description in the back of this book in this program, right. Is that honesty, open-mindedness and willingness is indispensable. And, uh, at some point in this whole me working with other alcoholics, when I got done with all of my steps, I started working with dudes and, and I didn't know what indispensable meant. So I looked up what indispensable meant. And it, and it literally means absolutely necessary. Yeah. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. But it tells me when I was doing So I, and this is what the book does for me. Right. And working with other dudes, like this is what this does for me. I'm working with a dude. Like I didn't get this at first. So I'm, I'm reading this part of the book and I'm, I'm working with this guy and it says absolutely necessary. We looked that up and then my, my head clicks back to the third step. Right. And uh, my sponsor told me that there are these promises that are attached to this step if I'm willing to consider that there's a solution to my problem, right? And so these within these promises, it says that God is, is my new employer and being all powerful, he's going to provide what I need. Well, if that's absolutely necessary and he's going to provide it, then I don't have to do much but show up, suit up and show up and just get out of the way. And my mind was blown. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I don't have to do it. Yeah. Like, I'm not like God will do it for me. Like, I can't. He will. I'm going to let him. Yeah. Right. Like and uh, and just being able to experience those moments, like living in a place that I didn't want to live, um, but being so happy and free. I remember going and, and riding my bicycle back from a meeting and being the most happy I've ever been in my whole life. And I finally like let go of when I would get my son, if I would get my son or who I was going to be with. And I started building this relationship with God and I, I needed a job. Right. So I went to staffing solutions place. I got a job and I was waiting for that job to start. They sent me to the food bank at TLC to volunteer. And God was like, I don't need you to have that job. I'm going to let you have this job. And it was just crazy, man, because like <laughs> the the experience of getting that job uh, with the food bank and working, it's a warehouse. So like the whole year that I was working in Maricopa County's warehouse for the food factory, like it's set up the same. Like I'm wrapping pallets, I'm, I'm stacking pallets, I'm, I'm, I'm moving stuff with pallet jacks and I'm and, and I'm working the same the same way that I was for a whole year. I got a year of experience for this job that God's about to put me in at this warehouse. So when I show up to this warehouse, I'm on fire, man. I'm like, Oh, I've done this before. They didn't even have to tell me what to do. So I worked with that, that food bank for a year and 10 months, but it was really cool. Cause at this point 
I'm about six months into the, uh, the TLC house. And for the first time in my life, after three months, like, cause TLC is only three months and then you're good. You're completed. And, uh, for the first time in my life, I stayed. And for the first time in my life, I got to see that when I stayed, that God was going to move things around for me. And he offered me a place at their sober living. And I got to start to move forward. And I, I'm, I'm through my steps now. I'm working with other dudes. I'm on fire for this program, man. And uh, I'm, I get to, uh, I get, to um, get the opportunity to start working at a tattoo shop, too. So I, now I got these two jobs. And I'm on fire. And I'm working with dudes. And I'm, I'm, I'm able to give away a message that was freely given to me. And I'm seeing God work in my life. And for the first time, I'm not making decisions and messing everything up. And life is so good. And I go to the, uh, I go to the CA convention in 2019 and I meet the most beautiful woman I've ever set my eyes on in the whole world. Oh, you met her at the CA convention. Oh my gosh, man. Like she just blew my mind. Like I just, the way like that she just lights up a whole room when she walks in, man. And, and I can sit across the room. I can look at her and her smile to this day still like makes me melt. I don't, I don't know what it is. I know that, I know that I, for the first time, wasn't focused on females for almost two years, and uh, and I prepared myself to be of a, a benefit to another person. And in here walks in this beautiful smoking hot blonde man. Shout out, Kristen. Yeah, I mean, big shout and then, out. And she's been on the she's on a previous episode of the podcast. Right. So, so jam it, bump it, listen to her message. Right. I mean, we're talking about a power couple in recovery. But when I think about the story, you know, we always want to push the issue. I want this job. I want to go to sober right. living. I want to do it now. I need to make this money. And then the the life recovery, you know, gave us gets in the way of our recovery life, man. We get complacent. We rest on our laurels, everything it talks about in the 10 step, the daily reprieve, the stay from execution. And so when you think about that, you know, being at TLC, probably one of the lower end spots you could possibly be. Yeah. No disrespect to TLC. The but those cockroaches are, were really nice, though. Yeah. They made room for us. Yeah, you had friends, Yeah, right? Absolutely. And so to stay there, to, to complete that program, to work at a food bank, you know, to not just abandon the food bank job when they gave you an opportunity, which they typically didn't do, which God gave you that opportunity, to abandon everything to go tattoo like you always have. You know, you're getting up early, you're doing both jobs, you're still, you know, putting recovery first and, you know, everything second becomes first class. Your life proves that. Read page 337. You'll know what I'm talking about, you know, um, and and life just starts to happen for you. And, you know, waiting two years to get into another relationship, you might be the only damn person that I know. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't wait. That, like, there were some messed up ones. Oh, you learn from those. Yeah, ones. yeah, yeah. But I finally knew my worst. So they didn't mess me up like they normally did. Yeah. Like I could walk away knowing, well, you know, her loss. Yeah, her loss. And we're so good. here we're at the good. CA convention, are we talking about that pool party? I went, I spoke at a CA convention. This is my first convention I've ever been yeah. to. I spoke at one. And I went out to that pool party and I was like, what the hell? They're shotgunning Red Bulls. Yeah, they're they're playing Red Bull Pong out there. I'm like, damn. Every year, man. Yeah, it's a double tree. Shout out to Double Tree. It's an amazing. (laughs) The only hotel will let 2,000 alcoholic addicts come for the weekend. Right. And they they let us. And so talk about that, you know. So you guys, what, you exchange phone numbers? It was was very quick. Yeah. So she would say that that's when we were. That's when it happened. Yeah, that's when it happened. Um, 
I tried my best to hold off on everything for a while. Like I tried to take it slow and just date and like a month went by and she's like, aren't you going to be my boyfriend? Like, and, and I'm like, no, just take it slow, you know? And, and, uh, she did my laundry one last time and I was like, will you be my girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> and she folded it she just was driving right. from West Mesa to May or from West Phoenix to Mesa. And, and she was, doing the most man and and uh it was just meant to be so she moves into that um after nine months of the sober living i moved into a one-bedroom apartment i got the opportunity it was given to me again um just like the sober living opportunity and uh and she moves in man and a month later uh Ryder's mom got sick he was three and uh and she needed me to step in and it wasn't a smooth smooth transition we went to court uh, i had been paying child support and, and uh we went to court and we got sole custody of my son so now i have sole custody of my son and i actually have my daughter living with me too so i know you do <laughs> <laughs> so man if you if you're out there and you think it's not possible to have those kids in your lives just I can guarantee you if that you let it go and you focus on recovery and you make that first, like he was saying earlier, that it, everything in my life becomes first class. As long as I, as long as I put God in my recovery first, everything, he'll handle everything because at that point, my integrity and, and the work that I've done have made me a prime, a prime prospect to raise my children. And that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so I'm, I'm just going to be the best me I can be so that God can place those kids where they need to be. And man, what a, what a compliment. <laughs> yes. What a compliment that like all I had to do was sit there. I didn't have to raise a fuss. I didn't have to do nothing. And, and I have sole, sole custody of my son. Like that's huge. I sat in that halfway house thinking that I was never going to get to see him again. That's what they told me. You're a POS, you're yeah. deadbeat dad, you can't right. pay bills, you don't pay child support, you don't do this, you don't do that, and you'll never see him ever again. And here we are, years later, and I have sole custody of him. I mean, that's just a miracle of recovery, Oh my dude. God, dude. I, I mean, the promises will materialize over and over and over again in your life as long as you continue to put the work in. Because ultimately, it's a 50-50 relationship that we have with God, right? We do the action steps daily, and at, we don't have to overcomplicate it. Live with integrity and do yeah. the next right thing, even if no one knows if you didn't, to the best of your abilities every single day and have awareness of the outcomes and how they all just happen to work out. And it's not a coincidence. It's God. He takes care of the outcomes. That's the other half of that relationship that we establish, that decision that we make in step three and to continue to just experience God and do our part. And our part today becomes do the next right thing and help anyone who has a desire to want to make changes in their life. Absolutely. It only keeps getting better. And that's why we see you showing up at the sanctuary at noon. Yeah. Right. Sponsor, yeah, sponsor and guys. Oh, the egg, like, yeah. just Dude, life is so good. Yeah, man. Yeah, like, life is so good. I get to move freely. And so when you, when you think about life going forward, I mean, you've, you've recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. You carry the message to others. You have a badass career. You're a tattoo artist. You know, shout out to that. Yeah. I don't want to plug too much of that. But, you know, you know, I mean, you're an amazing artist. You have an amazing family. You got your kids back. A beautiful wife was also an all-star in recovery. You sponsor plenty of men. You have service commitments. You're at meetings every single thing that you could possibly need in your life because you talked a little bit about that in the third step 
you know, being all powerful, he provided what we needed if yeah. we kept close to him, performed his work well. But if you back up one sense, it says when we sincerely took such a, took such yeah. a position, and that's the most important part. When we sincerely take this position, all sorts of remarkable things fall because we got that new employer. And I know it says needs, but in my experience, it's been wants too. Uh, yeah, well, so that's that's the best part about God, man, is that sometimes my wants and my needs match. Yes. And that's the best. And and so it just doesn't have to stop. And so when we think about life going forward, we barely scratch, just like it talks about, dude, the limitless load, which will pay dividends for the rest of our lives if we just keep on mining for it and we give away our entire find. Yeah. So I just need you to keep giving that shit away to my clients. Absolutely. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. So Whatever thank you for you being need. on the show, man. It's, it's just a, uh, an honor to share this experience with you and hear your message. And for all the listeners we have all over the world, man, tune in, reach out to us, share the comments, share in our comments, like our stuff, and just continue to carry the message of experience, strength, and hope, but mainly hope. Because if we can do it, then you can do it too. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for the opportunity.